Happy Monday, my podcast family. Welcome to the beginning of the week. We are in Psalm 86 today, and I'm going to read from the message this time. Here we go. Bend an ear, God, answer me. I'm one miserable wretch. Keep me safe. Haven't I lived a good life? Help your servant. I'm depending on you. You're my God. Have mercy on me. I count count on you from morning to night. Give your servant a happy life. I put myself in your hands. You're well known as good and forgiving, big-hearted to all who ask for help. Pay attention, God, to my prayer. Bend down and listen to my cry for help. Every time I'm in trouble, I call on you, confident that you will answer. There is no one quite like you among the gods, O God, and nothing to compare with your works. All the nations you made are on their way, ready to give honor to you, O Lord ready to put your beauty on display, parading your greatness and the great things you do. God, you're the one, there is no one but you. Train me, God, to walk straight, then I will follow your true path. Put me together, one heart and mind, then undivided I will worship in joyful fear. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you, dear Lord. I've never kept secret what you're up to. You've always been great towards me, that what love. You snatched me from the brink of disaster. God, these bullies have reared their heads. A gang of thugs is after me, and they don't care a thing about you. But you, O God, are both tender and kind, not easily angered, immensed in love, and you never, never quit. So look me in the eye and show kindness. Give your servant the strength to go on. Save your dear, dear, dear child. Make a show of how much you love me, so the bullies who hate me will stand there slack-jawed as you, God, gently and powerfully put me back on my feet. Guess what? David wrote this psalm. (laughs) So my theory has been proven wrong, you know, that not all of the psalms that are in what's considered book three are written by Asaph or the brothers Korah. David snuck one in there on us. Do you think that David is lamenting in this psalm? If your answer is yes, you would be correct. It's an individual lament. So what was your clue? It should be the first verse where he asked God to listen to him, right? Bend your ear to me. Or the equivalent that we've heard in some of the other psalms is, How long, Lord, will you go and not, you know, avenge us? How long will you be angered? Listen to me. That's a clue. That was our clue. Then I think it's interesting that David goes on after he's, you know, asking God to listen to him to say, haven't I lived a good life? What do you think about that statement? It's as if David is saying, reward me for what I'm supposed to do as your child. How does that sit with you? How do you think that sat with God? Our living good lives are in response to God's already being good, right? David hasn't done God a favor, and neither have we. So I find that statement a bit arrogant and out of line. 
And you know, I recall one time talking with my mother, and this was way before she had the disease, and I was expressing how thankful I was for something God had done that I can't remember now. But it was something he was doing, I was like, whatever, and I'm telling her about it. And you know, she goes, well, but you've been faithful to him. And that statement just didn't sit well with me. Because one really could argue whether I had been faithful to God or not, right? Can we ever be truly faithful to a, a, a good God as the God that we serve? Can we ever come to him and be like, yeah, I think I've earned this. <laughs> That's the stance that I take. I, I kind of lean toward what Paul stated when he was talking about never really being satisfied with where he was in his relationship with God, that he continues to press on to learn more of God and his and the truth of his resurrection, right? So I'm like, I could never, ever do enough for God. I could never earn, you know, my way to God. That's why Jesus had to come. So when, you know, I dare not be arrogant and think that God blesses me because I'm so good or that I've been faithful. And yes, I can hear you out there saying that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is true. But we must be careful to make sure that we're diligently seeking God because we want to know him. Because we're in awe of how good he is, not because of what he can do for us. Then after this bit of arrogance, David seems to turn the corner, right, and becomes a little more humble in verses 11 through 17, where he asks God to help him to walk in truth, in God's ways, to help him to live a happy and good life, to have a single focus that's on God so that he can worship God clearly. And I'm sure you've experienced being in church or Bible study or your own prayer time where you just can't seem to concentrate. There's so many things that are going on in your mind. And, you know, David being pursued by enemies, people wanting to kill him, would probably be at the forefront of his mind as well. But by asking God for help, he's saying, I know that I cannot do this on my, on my own. And that he wanted to singly focus on him. I really liked um, verses or verse 13, where David expresses his thankfulness and how he's never been ashamed to worship God and give him the credit. To me, that falls in line with Romans 16, 1, where Paul states, you know, that he's never ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should never be ashamed to boast on God and what he's done for us. And it's interesting because as I've grown in my relationship with him and learning how to say, and God bless me with this and God bless me with that, I can see, I now look for the expression on the people's face who I'm speaking to, you know, for people who I don't quite know. And just like my acupuncturist, I was at her um, place today and I was, and now I can't even remember what I was saying about, oh, about being here at Fuller. I was like, I, you know, God has set everything up and she goes, and that's when you know that you're where you're supposed to be. Now, I don't know if she's Christian or not, but her response was favorite, was, you know, positive. But I have made comments where the people just really don't say anything. They just kind of look at me. And you know what? I don't care <laughs> because I'm always going to tell the truth about my Savior and what he's done for me. After David expresses his thankfulness, then that's when he lifts up his petition. 
and he wants God to deliver him from his bullies, his enemies that he says has, have reared their head again. And then he, he does this by reminding God of how tender God is and how merciful he is. It's like he's trying to butter God up <laughs> to get him to answer his petitions, just like children do, right, with their parents. And in the end, David calls on God's love for him to persuade God to help him get him back on his feet. And I find the fact that David understood that he was loved by God very telling, right? Think of the people who grew up in homes where they did not feel love. And I pray that isn't any of you out there. But if it is, you, you know what it feels like to be unloved. However, once you accepted Christ, his love embraced you. And it may be a process for you to go through, you know, the steps to forgive, you know, your parents who did not make you feel loved, but to know that Jesus loved you. And you need to know that he loves you. Knowing that you are loved frees you to be who you can be. I grew up knowing that I was the apple of my parents' eyes. (laughs) I was confident that they would protect me and provide for me and that they delighted in me. And I loved that and I thrived in that environment. You see, David was just like John. He knew God loved him and was unapologetic about it. And you should be unapologetic as well. Do you know that God loves you? That you are loved by him? That there's freedom in that. It means that God will provide and protect you and walk with you through this season. It means that you can go to him with everything. And it means that you are the apple of his eye. And he's there to help you get back on your feet if you find yourself knocked off balance. So call on him because his ear is always near to your lips. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this psalm. And even though it was a song of lament, Father, We see happiness in it because it tells us how good you are. Because you are. That you will help us, that you will train us into walking in a way that is worthy of your calling in our lives. That you will help us when we stumble and when we fall. That you are merciful and kind-hearted toward us. That you are gentle as well as powerful, and that you are always here for us. Help us to be thankful for all that you do for us, and help us to search for you and you alone. Have our hearts be turned toward you, Lord, so that we can do the things that you put about about in our lives to do. As you show kindness to us, Help us to show kindness to others and to allow us to always remember how much you love us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, my podcast family, you go out this Monday knowing that you are loved by God and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus.